Hello. Hey. Good evening. Good evening. So I, I have to preface this. Uh-oh. <laughs> are, we, are we getting already right into it? Like, what's going on here? Oh, God. It, it, no. Well, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I have had not so great a day with the kids and the virtual learning. Uh-oh. So I'm like a glass, maybe two, already into a <laughs> bottle of wine. Okay. And I don't know that I'm high-functioning or not, but either way, it's it's going to be interesting. Like, it's full throttle right now. I'm fired up. Full, full throttle. Okay. Yep. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> oof. All right. <laughs> no, like, I went and I had to go get some uh, items from Winn-Dixie. Now, I do not go to Winn-Dixie because it's just sort of where, you know, the people hang out. and The people? It's, the yeah, people? Not, not the good people people you want to be around in a pandemic that's that's for sure um, uh right right yeah, it's all I, a hoax right it's oh man it, it's it's wide open i counted at least five or six people that did not have a mask on all right and uh well, so dead, i was in the yeah. checkout line and this person behind me starts getting too close she's not social distancing so let me just let me just say i am really sometimes kind of ornery and to get her to back off, I just started coughing. I turned in her direction and started coughing. And then all <laughs> of a sudden, I had like a 15-foot personal bubble. It's people there crawling. You go. Yeah, people were crawling on walls and that sort of thing. And Katie's like, Mama, why are you coughing? I'm like, because people are getting too close. And I didn't say it quietly either. So. <laughs> you know, I, I have to applaud you for that. I think... I think you are braver than I. I feel like in the moment I would like I would want to say something. I'd want to do something about it. <laughs> but I think in reality I'd be a little bit too much of a chicken shit to actually do anything about it. So I um, give you points and you you have my praise for actually following through with what was going on inside your head? Maybe that's a sudden thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too 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 much of a wet blanket here up in the north. I don't know. I don't think that it's so much a southern thing. I think it's just the fact that really at a certain point I've just I've had enough. Um, I have had, when the pandemic first started, there was this guy in the checkout line at Target. And we weren't wearing masks at that point. Not yet. It hadn't been mandated. Right. And he was, there was this little girl. She must have been about 16, 17. You know, just a regular cash out at Target. She was doing her job. Yep. And she asked him to back up. And he flipped right the hell on out. And started like yelling at her, and she started like almost crying. And I was right behind it. I had Katie with me, and normally with my kids, I'm not gonna kind of put them in a situation. But it made me so mad. Like that's somebody's child. That's somebody's sister. That's somebody's. You know, she's 16. She don't deserve this mess. So I proceeded to verbally upbraid this guy for a good like. I don't know, five, eight minutes, something like that, before the target management got there and started handling him. But let's just say that <laughs> Mama, <laughs> Katie, when she, when we were walking out, she's like, Mama, you said all that. And I said, I sure as hell did that not, baby. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> you better be taking notes. I mean, I'm like, right? Look, your mama, don't, we don't care. We don't care here. We're, we're here for all... All kinds of dysfunction. So, mm-hmm. um, but it, it just, you know, things like that, it's it's kind of like, especially since I had my daughter with me, I'm like, you know, that could be my daughter at some point there at, at being a cashier at 
target or whatever, and yep. somebody yells at her, God help them, because Lord help me, I'm I'm just I'm I can't handle it. I can't. Mm-hmm. That's that's just not that's not cool. You don't do it. Simple as that. There, so yes, I'm I'm full on right now. <laughs> you are 100 percent tonight, it yeah, like. <laughs> but not necessarily in a good way. No, may not be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all a terrible right. troll. Well, with all that in mind, oh, I suppose good. we should we should start the show. So We're, it sounds I'm, I'm going through some of the notes you sent me about yeah. things you wanted to want to touch upon tonight. So I'll 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 try my best. Given given your current state of mind, no, it's not. I, there's not going to be any wrangling happening. I'm, I can guarantee it right now. I will <laughs> for, let it be known for the record. Uh huh. Let the record reflect that I will make an attempt at it. And if I succeed, great. If not, I'm sorry. But no. this is the show. It's so, fun. Tonight <laughs> on this high quality program. Oh God! You wanted to. Oh, hang on a sec. Sorry. Yeah. Something just glitched. I don't know what. Oh, wait, what the hell happened? Are we still good? No, we're good. I'm I here. I mean, I know you're good. I don't okay. know if I'm good. Oh, Anyways, well. You need I guess to we'll find that. out. Hang- <laughs> um, you wanted to touch upon moving oh, to good. Wet Umpka, or as wait, you call wet- it, Wetumka. <laughs> Wetumka, right? Yeah. I'm having a hard time saying it, and I... I think Just, I've heard you say it a few times. It's not wet umpka. It's no, wet. It's, <laughs> it's the way we used to really make fun of it. it was go, we would go, we tomka. So, we tomka. We tomka. We tomka. That's really sacrilegious because it's an Indian name and it's, it's. It is bad. Know. We're canceled now. You yeah. Know how, you know, that's right. Well, God help us. We're canceled. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Take care. It's, that's it for the show. Thanks <laughs> for coming. Out. All five of you. well it's probably five better five than 500 am i right anyways at this point yeah wetumpka (laughs) yep moving to wetumpka with Mm. your father oh god tell me about this let's tell me about this man first before we get into wetumpka the whole thing moving there let's get a little backstory about okay uh, mr mr billy ray dad billy (laughs) billy ray Man. Of course it is. Of yes. course it is. Of course it is. Because, <laughs> and plus, you can't just say Billy. It's got to be Billy Ray when we talk about my dad. My dad is, look, you think I'm a character. I got it honest. Let me, let's just say that apple didn't fall far from the tree. Um, <laughs> but he's six foot five. Um, if you wanted to, in the early 80s, define resting bitch face, you couldn't get more resting face than my dad's just normal face. Okay. And like people, he, he scares people, honest to God. And he takes a little bit, he's, he's, he's on me too. Um, and he takes a little bit of enjoyment. I think it's just something perverse in our genetic code. Like we are very contrary. Um, if, if I have the option, sometimes I just can't resist just trolling people. And I, I, I mean, I, it literally is a physical need sometimes. And I, I think it's the same for him. So he's not in, we're not intending to do anything bad. It's just that something tickles our funny bone and then it just goes south from there. <laughs> um, but it, it obviously from the pictures that I sent, you know, he's, he's got a very quirky, dry sense of humor. Um, mm-hmm. He... We were. I was scared of him 
actually a little bit grown up. I mean, he's a big man. He yelled a lot. Um, not the most affectionate. And it was always when, for instance, I, I've touched upon the fact that he sold logging equipment. And when he would go, it would be during the week, he'd leave on Monday mornings, and then he wouldn't come back until Friday evenings. And I used to dread that. This was about the time that I was fixing the hamburger helper also. Right. Okay. Um, so to preface that, uh, he also, oh, God, his nickname in college was Boo Boo. Because Boo Boo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that was basically because fuckery just happened around him. <laughs> just pure fuckery. Explain. Um, oh, God, I've got to. Uh for I'm, instance, I'm already regretting saying that, but oh god, continue. no, there's, there's, I could tell. Oh god, um, like one Remember, time on track. I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying. trying. I'm actually trying tonight. So okay, <laughs> <laughs> he and his friends at one point he went to Auburn University about the same time that my mom did, and at one point he and his friends he grew up in a place called Notasolga, Alabama. It's about uh, maybe about 30 minutes out of Tuskegee, and they went and bought a farmer's full. Uh, bit of eggs like he was this must have been racks on racks of eggs okay and then at like nighttime in auburn they had egg fights with trash can lids as their shields and they'd run around auburn <laughs> he and his friends this is not even the worst thing that he did, but they'd run around throwing eggs at each other, and it, it completely just fucked up Auburn. It's kind of like this little mini town. It's a, it's a college town. It's a regular town, um, but it just really sort of screwed up Auburn to have eggs plastered all over it. Um, one time, he went to Panama City Beach, and they were in a third-story hotel. They dumped the, ca the couch, the sofa, out, and uh, it landed in the pool. And then they jumped off the third story after it. Okay. He stole, they stole a fire truck. Um, we're being chased by police. And to be perfectly honest, he sort of trails in because he doesn't like telling us these stories because I think he's afraid we're going to be stupid like him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, so I never stole any fire trucks. Um, he had a friend named Ernest. And they used to drive muscle cars in the 60s and 70s. 70s was about this time. Sure. And Ernest had a hole that they kind of carved in the bottom of his driver's side on his muscle car. And they would drop cherry bombs out of the hole on the driver's side. Lit cherry bombs. So smart with gasoline and everything. Um, oh, God. They did the same thing. They drove to Atlanta one time in their muscle cars. And this was back when... You know, police cars wouldn't run as fast as, as a really souped-up muscle car. So they decided that they wanted to see how fast they could get back to Notasolga from Atlanta. Normally, it's a three-hour drive. <laughs> they were going so fast, they had helicopters after them. Mm -hmm. Yep, helicopters. Mm -hmm. And the helicopters, okay. they, they outran the helicopters, actually. I'm not sure. I, I know that my dad never got arrested. <laughs> Got your own Dukes of Hazard there. Look at that. It really kind of was. <laughs> I mean, he's lost all his teeth. He has fake teeth top and bottom. He lost his teeth when his friend Ernst, they were on Lake Martin, and his friend Ernst was driving a speedboat, and he drove it up a tree, knocked all my dad's teeth out. So hmm. okay, you're, you're talking about 
you know, it's it's a little epic how he was versus how cautious I am at, or what I would qualify as cautious compared to him. So that's that's the basis of my dad. Now, we didn't know some of this stuff growing up. I only learned about it later on. And it started coming into full fruition. And and as I was also being a teenager, we moved to Wetumpka, gosh, it was my 10th grade year. And, you know, we already knew that things were unusual. And it was just, it was okay. It wasn't really anything like, I wasn't a normal teenager going, oh, dad, you're so embarrassing. But we bought this. <laughs> Do that again. Yeah. Oh, Dad, you're so God. Um, God. 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 Yeah, like oh Napoleon God. Dynamite. Sort of, oh, God. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Would you believe me if I said I never saw that movie? I've never seen it either. But my husband does a bang on impression. <laughs> so, but uh, we did move to Wetopka. We moved up Redland Road. It was one of the major kind of roadways where you everybody's house was basically branched off of Redland Road in various spots. And the I'm not sure how large the parcel of land was to the house that we bought. It was a I loved that house. It had a little shed that absolutely matched the the big house, as it were. And it just had this and you can see it from the pictures, this rather extensive yard. I'm not even sure if it was an acre or if it was an acre plus, whatever. But it took some doing to cut the grass. Mm-hmm. And when we moved in, being with him being a logging salesperson, he drove all over Alabama. And he would go to these nooks like podunk, butt crack, you know, armpit of America here. And somehow he'd stumble upon these riverbeds where he'd pick up these gorgeous rocks. And he'd just come home with truck beds of rocks. And so he started creating, like, planting beds. He, he picked up road, railroad ties that were no longer being used, um, and those ended up lining the front. Um, he ended up paving a whole path from the, the back patio up to the shed, which you can also see. He built a, um, a, a gated sort of smaller yard for uh, to have dogs. My, my brother and my mother both are very... They like German shepherds. It's just something very particular to them. Um, so we had a couple of German shepherds. And then we also, my favorite part was he created kind of this rough rock patio between two trees. And I had a hammock that I would just sort of, in the summertime, you know, you're, you're sitting in the hammock. You're reading a book. You're smelling fresh cut grass. I mean, mm-hmm. it, was, it was nice. And... Um, once I started school, it was the whole hard thing because everybody, I, I've said this before, they thought I was a narc. Um, and, I, and I'm not quite sure what gave them that idea. I have a feeling it's because of the way that I speak. But also, it was a little bit of the way I was dressed and my being so tall. So, okay. Let's break this. Let's break this down a little bit. Just mm-hmm. partially so I can understand, partially so we can... Explain to everybody everybody else. Yeah, explain yeah, yeah. some of the background. So, okay, so in you said in high school. In yep. high school? In high school. Yep. Um, you were labeled as a narc, which <laughs> generally requires at least my understanding of a narc. When I went through high school, if you were a narc, you had to do something to become a narc. Like, you had to 
you had to be outed as somebody that will snitch and will, you know. Okay, no, it they was will completely rat on different. You, right? So, yeah. For you, for you to be a narc just by default, I'm trying to understand. So you said, no, we the way for you, us narcs were actual police officers, right? Okay, I can planted, see that. planted, um, in in order to assimilate. Gotcha. I didn't even okay. know that was a thing. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I I've seen movies about it, right? That's right? kind of how what Twenty One Jump Street came about. But who, I just, who does that? I, I didn't realize that was an actual thing. I mean, apparently, in my it high was. school we just had regular <laughs> cops, like regular people, and you know, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe there were, maybe there were narcs, as we're gonna call them now. And right. I just never realized it because I was too normal and boring <laughs> of a person. But okay, so you were labeled as a cop, maybe because of how you spoke. So and dressed how, how, and how and did you how did you speak? Like what was like what was so different about how you talked compared to everyone else? Well, I mean, I read a lot. I've again have mentioned this. I've read a lot, and right. I had quite an extensive vocabulary. And at least for down here, you wouldn't tell it. I mean, it's probably gotten worse. But growing up, um, I. <laughs> how my family termed it, I spoke like a Yankee. In okay. fact, um, my like great- Like you were ed- educated? I, yeah, I was educated. All right. Uh, <laughs> in fact, my great aunt Dolly asked my mother one time, what have you done to that child? She sounds like she's a dying Yankee. And <laughs> oh. for here, at least, I do not sound Southern when I when I think about it, when I'm working on it, when I'm mm-hmm. using- you know, my words as it is. Um, going up north, however, it, they think it's all cute. They think, oh, it's, you've got such a nice accent. And it's just sort of like, oh, God, help me. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not gone with the wind. It's, I mean, I mean it's, it's, just, it's I, I'm not even sure that I can explain it. You just sort of have to be here to understand that most people don't speak as I do. And okay. how do uh, they speak? Oh God! <laughs> Are we talking more like I do declare kind of kind of no. southern or like what? No, give, me, give me an example. It's more like it sounded like a freight train. Look, we got some cups on the front porch. It's pandelarium. I mean, that's you know the sort okay. of it, it's it's Jeff Foxworthy level of okay. of you might be a redneck. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Or here's your son, the other the other comedian, um, Larry the. <laughs> We got we got Larry the well, Cable Guy. Oh we God, have Jeff it's... Foxworthy. We have Ron White. He was one of the one of the, oh God, the Ron characters. White. And there was the one the the one that you haven't named is the one that's the here's your sign. Here's your sign. Here's your oh sign. God. Who is that? Oh God, I don't even remember. All right, I'm looking this up as we talk. Keep going. <laughs> but um, no, I, I in fact, if you really want to talk, if you really want to go with the four Southern comedians. Really, it's more of a Ron White situation. Okay. In fact, it's there's some sardonic humor, there's some sarcasm, there's some, you know, language being used, there's some sort of nonchalant sort of I don't fucking care what none of y'all think, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, <laughs> when I got to college. At one point, I wanted to be in radio because, you know, it, it's it just sounded like fun. You know, you don't get paid for shit, but you don't get paid for shit <laughs> writing newspaper articles either. 
No. So I thought at least I'd have a little bit more fun as a radio uh, person. But I got told that my voice wasn't appropriate for the daytime. For the daytime. Okay. Oh. Not sophisticated enough? No, it wasn't that. It was that for some reason somebody found my voice a little bit extra. And then there were a whole lot of lonely truckers that would prefer to listen to me at night. Mm. Like sort of, here's Delilah. You know, hey, <laughs> sort of thing. Um, oh, but, <laughs> so it all added up. I mean, I wore not really heels, um, it, more like half boots, but it would put me over six foot. And again, if you're tall, people think weird things when you're goddamn tall. They just do. They think you're older than you are. Um, a lot of people, look, they, th- they thought that I was... In my 20s, when I was the same age as them. So, obviously, that equated to my being a undercover police officer. The, okay. weirdest, the weirdest jump in logic, I swear to God. <sighs> that's that's <laughs> so wild because, like, I, I, I remember I, I'm, I'm thinking about high school and thinking about uh, some people that I knew that I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. How do uh-huh. you have that much facial hair? You know, like that yes. kind of stuff, right? Like yes. how it like what okay, what are you taking? And like are you how wolf illegal man? is it? And yeah. Are you Wolfman? Do you, right. do you, and, you know, the moon? like it was just very clearly some people who are like, Man, you you checked in from puberty like five years ahead of everybody here. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? You know, it's like Yes. But no, like, I, I know exactly. I Wait. obviously didn't think about them as being cops. They were too dumb for one. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, they okay. were largely as dumb as you would expect. Yeah. Like it's it's almost like physically they matured earlier, but the rest of them got left behind. Like there, oh, there wasn't God. enough room for the rest of them, if you know it's what like I mean. A, it's like a Kirk Cameron special movie on, on <laughs> Sunday nights, Left Behind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man, Left Behind. Those I know, movies, right? Those were something else, weren't no, they? Did you and, ever, and did I know you ever about read that. the books? Yes, I did. I read all of them. Oh, God. I think I, I, think I stopped. They're not that bad. Uh, I mean, yeah, they could be a lot worse, like for I mean, real. Like, I look back on them now, and I, admittedly, I only I think got through through to like the third book or something like that. Like, it was starting to like, it was like it, it felt like you know. Now as an adult, I'm reflecting on it. It felt like it was like mid. You know how a lot of weekly hour long television shows get when they're like maybe two or three seasons in, and yes. they start pivoting the their plot. story to they like start some other the plot. things. Yes. Right. So they're like trying to find other stuff to get back on track. That's yeah. how those books started to feel at about book three. Okay. And I found myself kind of losing interest because of that. But, you know, because like the original plot line had already happened. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, the apocalypse happened. Okay. Now Boo-boo. what? Yeah. Mm, well, we got seven years. Well, that's a really long time. How, uh, what no. are we going to do? You know, it's like, <laughs> hmm, what are you going to do? Like, I'm a little concerned you're going to be doing too much. And I'm going to get bored. You know, like, let's, can we, can we speed it off to the end? That kind of thing. So, okay. Anyways, left. Yeah. Yeah. I can, <laughs> that's, that's a funny comparison. <laughs> yeah. There were some people who had a lot of facial hair in high school who were about as quality material as the left behind trilogies or books or saga or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. See, and I'm, I'm non-judgmental. I read all 13. And in fact, there were I, 13. Are yes. you speaking serious? No, I am absolutely serious. Oh, and no. That's, I thought there were like four or five. No, oh, there's God. 13. There's 13. Oh no. oh, no. And and to be perfectly honest, you'll think worse of me. I kind of liked them, but I'm sort of fascinated by those things, you know. Um, okay. 
I'm going to put a no. pin in that. Yeah. Oh, this that's for much later. Um, maybe a Halloween episode or something. But um, no, actually, <laughs> when you're talking about the guy who reached puberty, like it's not even five o'clock and he's had all day five o'clock shadow. There was another guy who actually started school at the same time that I did that was like that. Okay. So he was the male narc and I was the female narc. It was super. I was I was so glad about it. He may have been one. God only knows. I mean, he was a strange, you know, something. And and me, it's just that my family, <laughs> part of my family is from up north. Mm-hmm. And that tends to make southerners a little skittish sometimes. You know, they, they don't know what you're talking about or you have, if you're educated especially, you're making very odd choices that they're not understanding and you really can't explain it to them. I mean, just think about, for example, just the whole mask thing. Like, there are a ton of boomers down here where their kids are just like, I can't do nothing with them. You know, I'm yelling at my parents not to go out at night. So it's the shoe has has switched foot. The the worm has turned. Okay. Um, And the whole fact that I'm using phrases like the worm has turned. Please, Jesus Christ. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) But... It's also mixed along with it were the fact was the fact that a lot of these kids in Watamka they had grown up together they had been together since kindergarten you're talking about people that knew each other and all the dirty details and the ins and outs and it was almost sort of Everybody was switching partners, and and it was almost like incest without it being too on the nose for Alabama. (laughs) 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 Um, So, I mean, like I was going to high school with the mayor's granddaughter, for instance, the mayor Wotomka at one point. Um, Okay. And so it it was really hard that year making friends. And, um, you know, I had... And plus, they just couldn't figure me out. I mean, I I have no closely held – I will get opinionated about things, but if you talk to me through it and kind of explain your position, then it's very possible that I'll think it through and go, no, okay, I can see your point, which Mm -hmm. is something that Southerners are not known to do. (laughs) I I mean, the the whole fact that you're thinking – is mm-hmm. something that also Southerners are not known to do. But um, it, it got to the point where I had been there a couple of months. I was going through my classes. And I started to hear these rumblings of something called the Lawnmower Man. The Lawnmower Man. Oh, okay. shit. Yes, because it was a whole movie and everything. And that apparently that was the best they could come up with. But... You know, people started giving directions, and again, I wasn't invited to these parties, so I was getting trickles of here and there, you know. I I was not hearing anything directly. I was just hearing people talk about it, and then I'd hear people talk about how they get to – with Southerners, it's not about giving directions like you go this many miles west or that sort of thing. It's more like directions like you go this far until you see a red barn and then you turn right, yo. Um, or, okay. you know, you go around a curve and then there's the volunteer fire station. We, we right. give landmarks. Waypoints, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that you know that you're on the right track. 
And okay. one of the points, the landmarks that. started happening was people started talking about, you know, if you go up Redland Road and then you go around the curve and you see the volunteer fire station and right across from that is the lawnmower man, then you know you're on the right track. And the more that I heard this, because <laughs> deep in my heart of hearts, when they said across from the volunteer fire station, that was pretty much my house. Mm-hmm. And I knew it. You didn't want that to be true, though. Like, you wanted them to be talking about something else, yeah? No, I absolutely wanted them to be talking about somebody else. Look, I had enough cards stacked against me being a narc. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't be the child of the lawnmower, man. Holy See, crap. See, no, you weren't, you weren't a narc. You were just a firefighter. Mm. That's no, what I they really, got I... wrong. You didn't live across from that <laughs> fire station by accident. You lived there because you went to school during the day and you fought fires at night. Like, come on, they should be giving you an award. Except know. that I'm female I'm and it's volunteer. It. So <laughs> that's fair. I, you know, I tried. I now, tried. It was a very good attempt. Uh, so, no, when they they started mentioning this, I started getting worried. Let me no, not even worried. Full on scared because it's like, oh, please God, now. And they'd talk, they'd, they'd talk about it. Like, oh, he's constantly out there. He's always on that riding lawnmower, and he's putting rocks down, and he's doing this, and he's doing that. And, you know, I mean, they'd always say, they talk about how nice the house looked, which, I don't know, that seems like a little extra salt to the wound, but whatever. Um, they would literally use my dad as a landmark. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So when people finally started talking to me and, and started, you know, having these interactions and I would, I was trying to make friends and there would be slumber parties, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and people would go, okay, well, you know where the lawnmower man is. And I'm like, no, who's the lawnmower man? Because God help me, I would never in my first breath admit to the fact that I knew exactly and lived with. The lawnmower man. No, I don't know nothing about no lawnmower man, y'all. <laughs> I don't know nothing. Uh, went and cop to it. No. They're like, well, your your bus stops there. And it would stop at the, the mouth of kind of like the, the cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. And then I'd always say, well, we live further down. <laughs> it, was, it was so bad. I was very bad at, at trying to throw people off the scent. I mean, it really was. Um, and, and it got even worse. Oh gosh. We, um, we found a cat one time getting off the bus. Um, we lived right across from a pond and, and people, unfortunately in Alabama tend to drop off animals. They don't want. Mm -hmm. And as we got off the bus, um, I have weirdly good hearing. So I was hearing meows as we got off the bus and I drug my brother. I said, no, I'm hearing something. Let's go check it out. And came across this little black and white kitten, uh, dirty and, and looked like it had just been tossed the poor thing. So I took it home and gave it a nice warm bath, got it cleaned up, you know, it was old enough, thank God, that it could eat uh, dry food or at least something like milk. So I, I gave it a little something to eat. 
And uh, my parents got home and I, I was wild about cats. So I begged, of course, could I please have the, could we keep it? Hmm. It was a, it was a him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a black and white tuxedo cat. Oh, uh, I have one of those. I have two of them. They are the best cats ever. I'm Indeed. sorry. Indeed. Indeed. Just flat awesome. And real-time follow-up, the fourth comedian was Bill Ingvall. That's him. Yeah. And there were 16 left-behind books, in fact. Oh, shit. Okay, I'm miscounted. So here, we'll take a small tangent. So pulling up from the Wikipedia page, I'll put the link in the show notes for those who want to follow along. Oh, God. I counted 13 because it's been a long time since I've read them, but I know I've read them all. So, yes, if it's 16, I've read it. There were 12 in order. Left Behind being number one and Glorious Appearing being number two, came out in okay. 2004. Yep. And then 13, 14, and 15, which came out 2005, 2005, and then 2006, they were yep. prequels set before the original book in chronological oh, order. Oh, okay. So and I then, haven't read the prequels, maybe. And then book 16, Kingdom Come, came out in 2007. That was yes, the final I dev- in the series. I definitely read Kingdom Come. Okay. So you, you have read 13 of them. You just haven't read the prequels that came between books 12 I don't and think 16. so. Yeah. Well, I so. mean, and the, the original, one of the original Arthur, authors, God, um, passed away, if I'm not mistaken. Yes? Let's see. Who is it? Tim LaHaye, Larry B. Jenkins, Jerry B. Jenkins, not Larry. Larry the Cable Guy, Jerry B. Jenkins. Nice. Tim LaHaye, eh, he died in 2016. There you go. Okay. And that, that was who I thought Jerry was. B. Jenkins is still alive. He is age okay. 71. Tim died to the age 90. Okay. Yeah. He was an Tim old LaHaye, man. Tim LaHaye, if I'm not mistaken, one of them was a pastor. Yes. Tim Francis LaHaye was an American Baptist evangelical Christian minister. Damn, I'm good. He wrote more than <laughs> 85 books yep. of fiction and nonfiction, including the Left Behind series. Man, his family is set. That's all I oh, got to say about that. No kidding. Um, <laughs> especially when you get Kirk Cameron involved. <laughs> oh, boy. Those royalties. Am I right? Oh, man. I'm sure they got oodles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, my... It's so funny. My grandmother had them, and I just like reading, to to be perfectly honest. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the whole exercise of it, it's very relaxing to me, and if I had my druthers, I'd rather be reading than watching TV or doing anything else, to be perfectly honest. Um, I, I mean, while we lived in Wetumpka, I had – I started off in the smallest room, and – it didn't have a bathroom. There was one room that was the largest upstairs, and it did have a bathroom. And, you know, I think my mom, my parents were trying to push me towards taking that room since I was the oldest child and very responsible. But for some reason, I had this sort of, I don't goddamn know what got into me. I should mm-hmm. have taken it right off the bat, but I didn't. I took the smallest room. And somewhere about 10th grade, 11th grade, my mom finally talked me into it. I'm like, you know what? Yes, let's do it. That's probably the first mistake she made on that because, look, <laughs> if I've got a bathroom and I've got a radio, I had a TV, and I had books, she hardly saw my ass. I didn't go out, honestly. I was one of those weird kids that really just, I don't know. I preferred staying in because the whole thing about going out was I did go out a couple of times. One time in, involved cow tipping. And... To me, that was just sort of mean. 
you know, it's 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 mean. It feels like it's probably breaking the law. I'm pretty sure it probably was. They had barbed wire fences surrounding everything, so you really had to be careful getting in and then getting out. If you tipped over that cow and that cow came after you and you had to get over a barbed wire fence, it really didn't seem like a good time to me. Uh, and in fact, the one time that I did it, it pretty much worked out like that. I <laughs> They kept pushing me to go push a cow over. I, I really just didn't want to do it. I just really didn't want to do it. And so I sort of tapped it. And unfortunately, the cow woke up, and then it Uh-oh. chased me. It chased me. It chased me. <laughs> and then I had to explain to my mom why I had cuts on my hands the next day. So, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't do the whole going out thing. Um, and plus, it just seemed really kind of part of the reason probably that people thought I was an arc was because those sorts of things just seemed really silly to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this special sort of I call it selfishness, but it was mostly that I understood that my education was going to get me somewhere where I wanted it to be. I didn't know where I wanted to be, but I knew that my education was going to get there. And so I I just really wanted to focus on that, to be perfectly honest. I like setting goals for myself. I like achieving things. I like challenging myself and... Um, it, it just really, I wasn't interested in going out and getting drunk, despite the fact that now, you know, I do that. I don't go out, but I do get drunk. Um, <laughs> it's so much easier <laughs> to do it at home. And, and see, that, that's a whole other weird thing. I mean, it's, it's why would you need to go out? You can True. do it quietly at home. It's a life of quiet desperation, which Arthur said that, by the way. Somebody said that. A life of quiet desperation. It's not really so much that. It's it's just that I have so much more interest in being alone. And so I had this room and I had a bathroom and I had all the entertainment I could possibly have. And I started asking my mom whether or not I could have a little mini fridge in my room. And my mom refused because then she said she'd never see me, which was probably a very apt conclusion. Let's be straight. She probably never would have seen me had that happened. Um, but yeah, it, it the whole thing with Watumka was very strange. You you had when I got there, people. I don't know. They really just didn't know how to take me. I felt like I was very. I knew who I was, and maybe I don't know if that's a weird thing or not, but. Being 16, I kind of had a, a figure, an idea mm-hmm. of who I was and what I wanted and the goals that I had. And that, to them, seemed very strange. I mean, <laughs> my particular class that I ended up landing in was apparently the bad class. Um, I used to hear stories. Like the previous uh, senior class, when the my class got into... 10th grade there, there was a whole, they had a sit-down meeting, apparently, with the seniors, the the president, vice president of the class of the seniors, and then the the 10th graders, and they were like, you guys are terrible, because they'd also grown up with these kids. You know, a lot of them were younger siblings, those sort of thing. Right. Um, So they got told how terrible they were, how they were never going to amount to anything, 
how they were just constantly being bad. I mean, just, I, I don't know exactly what was involved in the talk. All I know is it was very negative. And it turned out to be true. <laughs> it turned out to be really true. Um, our class president, in fact, he had, uh, his name was Archie. And he had this little symbol he would draw all the time, was a little stick man with a basketball. And when our senior year, we graduated, he ended up painting the front row where you would drive towards the school in purple, his little stick figure, and then class of 95. Um, they also threw paint on, we were the Wetumpka Indians, which was at the time not as big a, a lightning rod as it right. is now. But they threw paint on, we had a totem pole out front. And they threw paint on the totem pole. They threw paint on the front doors. Um, they stole the geometry teacher's grade book. Mm -hmm. uh, he was the poor man. He was wall-eyed. And so they would turn his desk around and you just hear him as you're walking to class, bang his knees on the desk and then just a, a profusion of cussing <laughs> from that poor man's classroom um we had stokely baysmore god help me if you went to there was a certain period of time that if you went to Wetumpka high school you knew stokely and he was the coach of the football team but he was also our trigonometry teacher and stokely oh gosh he was single i don't know quite how old he was he was very blonde uh, watery eyes, very odd way of speaking. I, I mean, I'm, I like the man. I don't want to speak poorly of him, um, but I like the man. But he was just a very strange character. And, for instance, when it rained, you would see him out on the field, and he would take his, kind of like the, the metal sign that you do at concerts, he would shake that at the clouds going, don't you whine, don't you think about it, don't you whine. And he'd just wander outside mm -hmm. before football games doing that mess. <laughs> but then when you were in his classroom, and I didn't find this out until 12th grade, he liked to walk from wall to wall, horizontal in front of the blackboard. And as he walked, he would pick his nose and then rub it on the wall. So, there was uh, that. Okay. <laughs> I can't, I can't make this stuff up. Good God. And so, you know, you, you knew not to touch the walls. The football players all loved him. They both teased him and they loved him. It was, he was such a good guy, but he was so goddamn weird <laughs> that teenagers just couldn't handle it. They weren't mature enough. Right. They, they couldn't, I guess, how do we, how do we say it as adults? They could not appreciate the nuance of this rather complex character that's in front of them all and they see is the, the booger this, picking right yeah. right yeah. and they're like <laughs> boogers right because you know they're right. 16 and they, they don't know, you know anything anyway you there's know. a box of rocks that has more emotional intelligence than they do exactly so you know here we are now i'm like fascinated by like like i like i want to know like what how did what he his get, entire life was like right I like want, what what events yes. transpired in his life to kind of flip on that switch because like that's not something that you just decide one day i'm gonna get up and start pacing the room and putting my boogers on the wall like obviously no. you have to build up to that right there has to be 
a series of events, generally multiple events over multiple years, right? Generally also traumatic. Like there's got to be something, something that created like Stokely Bazemore. Right, like his his what? Maybe his wife left him, and then he was never he, married. He lived with his mom. Okay, he. So th- it wasn't even that. I don't know. I see you already you, you knocked the whole thing apart because I'm just, I was going to build it around. <laughs> going to build it based on like something traumatic, right? Like t- I mean, there me still that, could be trauma. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, he, the man was living with his mama. Come on. Yeah. So then I wonder if did he ever move out of his mom's house or did he always live there and just kind of migrate to the basement, you know, in that kind of genre of individual? I think like he was taking care of her to be, oh, okay. I, I prefer to be kind. And right. it, the way you prefer that prefer to be kind, come on now. <laughs> don't, no. don't know. Uh, no, come but on. Come it's, on. it's not necessarily some trauma. It was just, maybe it was just the fact that from the impressions that I got, he, his mom, he was taking care of his mom and the man wasn't young. I mean, he must have been in his 60s, and he was very gnarled. He was hunched over, and so there was almost kind of like this sad Quasimodo mm-hmm. uh, aspect to him. I mean, he was... Sounds like a serial killer to me. No, I, I think I've he seen was... enough TV shows to know <laughs> that the, the secluded, kind oh, of slightly off, offset elderly individuals who are taking care of their mother who's probably yeah, really psycho. really ill maybe yeah. blind deaf something of that sort um I'm, and they don't really know like the full like what their son does all day right yeah. like they just know that they have this alleged job at like some random factory somewhere <laughs> or at some high school but in reality they go around with a van kidnapping people like you know like there's <laughs> to me i feel like there's he you know his day job was high school some class or see, another the and really his, weird thing his about nighttime it, job was yeah you know being the whatever the white the, panel the, van guy yeah oh god no i mean the funny thing about it is if you talk to somebody who during the period that he was active that stokely was at high school he is universally beloved i mean mm-hmm. he, that's he, how they that's how that's how they get around <laughs> unencumbered they they appear to be entirely normal did you not watch dexter no i haven't actually watched dexter okay case study on getting away (laughs) with something for so many years you you're an entirely normal individual who's very unassuming okay i'd prefer to think that he did kill serial killers like he was a serial killer for serial killers that'd be fine with me well he could have been i mean we'll we'll never know because he's probably dead now so no, he, we can't bring him on the show is. and ask him, which would be neat. But oh god, you could! I, I, it's, I, I hey, know there's some backstory to that. I know there's yeah. extra like there's, there's bonus content there that we're never going to get to know about. No, and I have resigned myself to that because again, these kids all grew up, so they knew from their parents and their older siblings, if there were those, um, kind of the whole thing with with Stokely. I, during the time that I was, let's say, for a couple of years, I worked at a, at a drugstore called Big B. It went out of business. But um, there was an assistant manager that I worked with. And I would talk, like most of the cashier girls, except for one, the daytime girl, um, they went to, went to high school with me. And, you know, the, the assistant manager 
we would talk about Stokely and his name was, oh gosh, God, what was that man's name? His name, his first name was Lou. I, I, I want to say his last name was some sort of version of French. It was Lafleur or something like that. It was, it was very Cajun, but <laughs> okay. he loved Stokely. I mean, he would, everybody had an impression of Stokely Bazemore, like everybody. Uh-huh. And, you know, during the time that I was there, of course, my class being the, the bad ones, they were a little extra mean and, you know, it was, I, I really don't know how to explain it. I have a learning disability in math, which I've mentioned, and mm-hmm. but I was going for what they called at the time the advanced degree. You had two degrees in, in high school. You could get the regular one, and then you could get like the AP one. And uh, taking trigonometry was a part of that requirement, and I struggled. I mean, I did not make great grades. I did the best I could. But for me, at the time, making D's and F's in math, I probably could have been class valedictorian, except for that. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not mistaken. I, I'm, I, I really, again, with that whole goal setting thing, um, I, I wanted to be up there. And, and that's partly because if you are in my area and you don't win a scholarship, then sometimes you just don't go to college. And I very much wanted to go. Mm-hmm. So um, I tried my best with Trig, but it just really wasn't for me. And Stokely was always very kind about it. I mean, he'd, he'd hand out your papers, and he'd fold them, um, and you got whatever grade right on top. Um, so you instantly knew exactly without having to work out. He didn't really require you to show your work, how mm-hmm. math teachers do. Right. He just basically graded you on whether or not you got the, the thing right. And um, unfortunately, I was getting a lot of D's and F's. And the funny thing about it is the last six weeks that we were in high school was when he started teaching. He started broaching calculus. Oddly enough, it clicked for me. And in fact, I still have it to this day. Like I could take a picture. My very first test in his class that I got a 100 on was during the period that we were doing calculus. Like the most advanced kind of math that you could possibly take in high school or whatever was the first time they got that I got a 100, which is just that's what tells me it was a learning disability and I'm goddamn weird. Yeah, it's uh, okay though. It's all right. I mean, you know, whatever. But it was such a thing <laughs> that when he handed it to me, he clapped. And the whole class clapped with him because they all knew how I struggled. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when you, when you have a classmate of a, of a small class, like maybe, you know, 15 kids, maybe 20 at most, you know, you, you know everybody's business. And obviously in a small town, it's pretty much, it's not so much news that travels fast. It's just pure fucking gossip. So obviously my struggles had been noticed. And when he handed me that 100, Stokely didn't smile. He just didn't. But he smiled at me when he handed me that 100 because he knew how hard I was trying. So that that makes me want to think kindly of him because I think at the basis of it, 
you know, it, for the most part, you've got to be a certain kind of person to be an educator, I, I think, to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for all his, you know, personal and emotional and physiological baggage that was going on, he still was an educator. And so he started clapping and the whole class clapped. And I kept that test. I have it right now. I could I could have it right at hand in like 20 seconds. That's awesome. I, I was very proud of it. <laughs> now I feel like a piece of shit for trying to train him to be some kind of weird serial killer by night. Like. No. No, I mean, you know, just sometimes... It's... He did have a heart that grew two sizes all that day. <laughs> I think he was nicer than the Grinch. My dad was probably the Grinch. Oh, shit. Like, no, he was it... the Lawnmower Man. Okay, so <laughs> let's get back to the Lawnmower Man, which is going to yeah. be a great title, by the way. That's the title of today's show. Um, awesome. Quality program. Whoa, whoa. The Lawnmower Man. Um, yeah. So everyone obviously used your house... In, coincidentally as a waypoint for getting yeah. places that were arguably more cooler. Yeah. What happened or did anything happen when people realized that you like Actually the lawnmower did live man? There. <laughs> What's that? I'm not sure that everybody, I'm not sure that people figured it out to be oh, perfectly honest. You got away with it. Yeah. I, I may or may not have like, I mean, <sighs> The, the, the levels of extra. I'm going to have to tell you later how I I have taken a lie detector test and I stumped it. So we're not dealing with normal here. <laughs> uh, so you're saying you could, you could fool it? I'm, I'm saying I did fool it. I did no. fool a, a lie detector test in college. All right. What secrets are you hiding? Oh, I don't know. God only knows. They're, they're, I'm obviously going to tell everybody my secrets here because I have no filter. Absolutely. <laughs> that is what this program is all about, divulging and, all of your secrets. Tune in next week. We'll get you her passwords. Awesome. Sweet. <laughs> they they definitely have, you know, numbers. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely have numbers yeah so password number one is one two three four five six and password number two is lawnmower man three three two <laughs> possibly that may have been my dad's like passwords oh god look like oh. for real i mean you look you, you look at the the i pointed this out to you on the photo i mean you could see the grease stains on his pants Mm-hmm. It it was it was so extra. Um, oh oh no, we did digress. I never finished the cat story. Jesus Christ. Okay, so I we picked up this kitten. God help me. Look at this. Um, you did that all on your own. <laughs> I know. I'm really trying to keep myself on track. That's all right. So we picked up this kitten, and my dad does not like cats. Does not refuses. I mean, just no. But he did let me keep it. And <laughs> it's really funny. Sometimes cats choose you. And anybody who's ever owned cats, ever in the, the time period of man, knows this. The, the cats, they're contrary and they choose you sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yep. This cat, we named him Figaro. And Figaro. He, Figaro. Right? From Pinocchio. You know, yep. the little tuxedo cat in Pinocchio was named Figaro. Um, 
And Figaro chose my dad. And my dad is, there's depths. He loves animals. He full on believes, like, the whole reason he didn't like my first husband was the fact that his dogs didn't like my first husband. (laughs) Okay. It was a... It was a thing. I mean, um, they, you know, they do say that, that they, animals they are a good judge of character, right? Right. No, you did say and, he was your first husband, so naturally he's not your current. That would be correct. My, so, my dad I mean, and the dogs were absolutely right. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't. doesn't sound like they were wrong after all, huh? Nope, you know, not a bit. Confirmation bias might be a little thick there, but you know, <laughs> it's fine. Not a bit. Um, but the cat chose my dad, and it wasn't weaned properly obviously, since being dumped out. So the funny thing about cats, when they're not weaned properly, or they like to lick on you for the salt when you sweat, mm-hmm. the salt. And, of course, being a lawnmower man, my dad sweated a lot. So there was a constant supply of, of friggin' salt. So it was so funny, the cat, you'd see the cat on my dad's shoulder. And my dad would be walking around the yard with the cat just on his shoulder. And then he'd get on the run lawnmower, and the sound didn't bother Figaro at all. He'd wrap himself kind of like a neck brace around the back of my dad's neck. So there you have this man, this giant of a man, six foot five, driving around on a damn rotten lawnmower with a cat around his neck during the heat of summertime. And so everybody picked up on that, too. They're like, lawnmower man got a cat. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) And Figaro would sit there and suck on my dad's earlobes because of the salt. So it was the funniest thing to see my dad walking around this huge yard and, and doing work in the yard and having this cat around his neck completely all the time. I mean, just slung. You, You see stories about... Like, for instance, cats that get found by motorcyclists and stuff. They, they like to ride the motorcycle or they like to go surfing or things like that. Right. This cat, this cat was that for my dad. So this cat was the lawnmower man's cat. And it was incredibly insane. <laughs> You'd walk out into the yard and see just my dad. If you wanted his attention, you know, he'd walk towards you with this cat slung all around his neck. And... Our summers are not cool at all. They're they're burning friggin' hot and they're humid as crap. Uh, you literally have to cut air sometimes to breathe it. You don't breathe air; you actually chew it sometimes in the summertime. So mm, to, I love that. Nom, right? Nom, 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 nom. Like you're you're full on like it's a piece of pie. Mm. Um, and my dad had this cat wrapped around his neck. Obviously, like cats are a little like mini heaters. I right. think. So you had to know that it was hot, and it wasn't comfortable probably for him, but he didn't care because the cat was his, and, and you know, it was, it was like a full symbiotic sort of, I don't know, experience for them, and it was so strange, it, and it never happened again. After that, after Figaro was no longer with my dad, um, dad has proceeded to have dogs. We'll talk about Doodlebug. Doodlebug was his dog. Um, and in, in a later episode, maybe. I don't know. But either way. <laughs> mm, okay. Doodle. I'll make, put a, put the, a pin doodle, in that. 
the little doodle man man he was the little he, doodle man come on oh god no he was a like a schnauzer uh datchin mix i mean he was he had short little little pokey legs and he just looked like he was a hot dog except it was he was just all furry and then <laughs> doodle was such a character you know how people end up you know the dogs become like them or they become like the dogs that was mm. it was a full thing with okay. them um, and in fact, the the longer that Dad went on and and Doodle went on, he started having arthritis problems. So Doodle started becoming just as hellaciously cranky as my dad is hellaciously cranky. <laughs> and it's, I, I mean, he's he's just a very complex character in my life. He doesn't show. Love, let me take that back. He doesn't express it. You don't get hugs from him. You don't get, I loves you. You know, right. you don't you don't get those sort of things with my dad. When my dad wants to show you that he cares about you, he does stuff for you. Like okay. one of the, the best presents that I got was also in Wetumpka. There was a Christmas. Um, I got a day bed for, for the room when I moved into the big room and I had the, the bathroom and everything. And... One of the first presents that I got that Christmas was a comforter and sheet set. And it was very unusual because it was done in burgundies and blacks, but it had flowers all over it. And mom actually said that dad went with her to get the present for me. He knew that she wanted to get me a comforter and sheet set for the new bed, but he was the one that picked out the pattern of both the sheets and the comforter. So it it's things like that. He he, it, you don't always know it, but there's always little ways that he's letting you know, in his whatever love language to be, a part of whatever that is, that he cares about you. So it, it's it's a very the lawnmower man was was, just a very funny. And complex, maybe a little sad, <laughs> especially since I didn't want to admit that, holy God, this is my father, even though he scared the bejesus out of some kids, though. When they talked about him, they'd talk about, they'd see him walking in the yard, and it was like he was some sort of Viking giant. I mean, it was crazy. They're, they're like, oh, I'd hate to be the, you know, oh, God, if you were some girl, if you had to go date his daughter. What would that be like going to pick her up? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well. looking, looking back on it, do you think you would maybe have tried to wield that in some way? Like knowing what you know now, like how infamous he was to some people? It never really, not really occurred to me. I do, like I said, I do like to troll people, but it was mostly I was... At that point, even though that people felt like I was a little bit more mature than they were, I definitely wasn't. And so it was just, it was kind of a little embarrassing. And to be perfectly honest, nowadays, knowing what I know, I'd have been proud of that shit. I'd have been like, my dad can beat up your dad. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So mature. So mature. Mm, Right. Um, But no, it's... (laughs) It, it's definitely been a evolving relationship for at least me. And, and 
the funny thing about it is, and you won't know this, and neither will the listeners, but sometimes when I talk, it's a little scary because I'm channeling him. I, I look a lot like my dad. I act a lot like my dad. And it took me a very long time to realize that. Um, <laughs> like, my kids will, my mom will come over to visit. My dad won't leave the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that should have been my first chaos because, you know, he doesn't leave the house and neither do I. But when my mom does come over, you know, she'll hear me talk and the kids will say something. Oh, gosh. Uh, the kids will say, well, you know, I hurt myself doing that, you know, and I'll say, well, then don't do that. Don't, I mean, you know, don't do that. And mm-hmm. mom will look over at me because I sound exactly like my dad. Um, it, it's, and, and, you know, it, it's just hard for me to, to kind of put it into words. Um, there was at the same time that dad had doodle man, um, my mom had a dog named Jake and at the time they put it in their will that if something happened to them, I was the only acceptable person to give their dogs to. And the reason for that was because I was enough like my mom and enough like my dad that the dogs wouldn't be too terribly upset. So I I know that it's a good mixture. And I know that when I do some of the things that I do, I definitely can recognize how my dad influenced me, even though I was scared of him. It's just become a more accepting thing. He's he's had not the easiest life, and um, it's always been something that it's hard to compute. I guess that is, and that's that's common for a lot of people, I'm sure. Um, but with with him, it, he was just such he's such a big part, like over supersized and he's also part of the reason that I know where my dysfunction comes from so (laughs) I mean full-on dysfunction (laughs) sometimes he busts out with these jokes he'd tease mom something terrible he'd bust out with these jokes and it's the most like dark humor you could possibly imagine and my mom would get on to him about it he's like you know well the kids are going to learn it sooner or later so, you know, he, he'd say to us, like, for instance, gosh, I must have been about eight or nine or something. We were complaining about something. And then he was like, well, you know, life sucks, then you die. And True. <laughs> most, peop- most people would be horrified by that. And now I find myself saying it. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get reported to somebody, I'm sure. Well, I mean, they just can't handle the truth. It's a matter that of is absolutely, you know, death and taxes, right? He's not wrong. Yep. yep. Well, kind of does sometimes suck. I mean, <laughs> if you know, if you're if you're a certain orange someone, then not even taxes are for sure. Oh, but. Jesus Christ! That's going to be a whole episode. <laughs> we can't talk about that. Look, <laughs> well, that, let's that's, let's that's save that thing. for well, let's save that for elect after election day because then either he's reelected and it becomes just like a you know. All hell well, is broken loose. Like you're why, gonna have to why find it because I'm moving to Canada. I'm, right. mo- I'm moving to Canada. You you won't be able to find me. Right. Or he's <laughs> he's not reelected, then we can just talk all the shit we want. Right. You know. Either way, we, we I can think talk we, shit now. We'll save that for we'll save that for <laughs> after election day. 
after we okay. can unwind that so. from our minds. If I think. You say so. Well, I think we'll be fine. It's only a couple weeks from now. So that's true. That's true. As we record, anyways, I don't know when this comes out. Yeah, go vote, please. Go vote. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know how to vote, I would recommend looking that up. It is a Figure good thing out. to know. It is. It's a good thing to do. It is. It is. I checked. <laughs> my my ballot has been counted already here. Has it really? In the state of Washington. Yep. We can't we can't mail it in here because after the Supreme Court decided that racism was no longer a thing when it comes to voting, yep. Um, to vote with mail, you have to make a copy of your driver's license and then you have to have a notary sign the uh, the application that you apply with. So we're going to have to vote in person. That's unfortunately wild. We've had, we've had mandatory mail-in voting since 2005, and we've been fine, so I don't know. I, it, it's, that's a whole thing. <laughs> I don't even oh, know. God. Maybe it's even earlier. Maybe it's 2003. I don't know. It was super it, – it was, it was a, a good amount of time before. See, I would prefer that, to be yeah. perfectly honest. I mean, I, that's why we looked I into mean, the whole thing. You know, my wife and I made it a – we made it an evening thing, right? We sat down with the, the voters – Pamphlets. We got two of them, one for state and federal stuff and one for local county specific events and things to vote on. And we just sat down and scribbled in our things. And I put mine in the mail because I trust the Postal Service to get it from one end of the county to the other within three weeks at the time. I think they can manage that. Um, We've taken the kids. Uh, The last time that we voted was a major election and we voted for uh, Doug Jones. And uh, we took the kids in with us, and we showed them step-by-step what we did and how that happens and how your votes counted and the importance of it. So hopefully I raise a couple of of voters. (laughs) (laughs) That's all we can hope for in life, right, at this point? Exactly. Exactly. Realize, (sighs) I mean, recognize history and and realize your part in it, however small it may be, it still has some sort of impact. And somewhere out there, somebody has voted for the lawnmower man. I would like to. Shit, if I could write that in, I'd absolutely do it. <laughs> <laughs>